Hey, good morning. Welcome back to the last question. Pardon me one second. Sorry, I had to hit a light switch. Um, I am recording on Monday, August 2nd, 2021. Uh, so I'm coming to you a little bit late with this week's meditation, and I'm sorry about that. But as you've probably noticed, right, I've got a lot of things going on, and I will say while recording this podcast is important, uh, I don't let this priority necessarily overtake other things that I know are more important in the moment, especially when it has to do with my responsibility to other people. Not that you guys as an audience don't matter. Um, but uh, I'm coming to you late, better late than never. Um, and today continues the COVID-19 related series. I just saw a note, uh, a couple of notes in my email from various places today in and around the city talking about new mask mandates coming back, uh, the return of restrictions indoors. Uh, Ohio State just brought back masks indoors for the vaccinated and unvaccinated alike. So whatever you think about COVID-19, whatever you think about our response to the pandemic, whatever you think about the measures that are now coming out in response to the so-called Delta variant, whatever you think about what's happening now, what I, what I don't want to lose sight of and what, I, what I'm afraid that we will lose sight of is what lessons we learned from the original quote-unquote pandemic, the original wave, if you will, um, many of us have enjoyed what might appear to be a lull in the grand sweep of history if, if we go back to another lockdown event. Um, others have been really tense and nervous and still pretty scared given what they've seen in the news and what's been going on and the fact that, that people are still being hospitalized and are still dying as a result of COVID-19 and the ensuing complications. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a panacea to offer. I don't have a grand comment or, um, you know, three steps to follow for us to get out of this. I, I just think what I, what I worry about, particularly in light of what I'm trying to accomplish with this miniseries, is that we haven't yet evaluated what we did and didn't do in response to COVID-19 originally, way, way, way back when in March 2020, March, April, May. Um, you know, those measures were, were controversial at the time, but we were running headlong so fast into the crisis. Uh, I, I think for the most part, at least from my vantage point, you know, everybody just kind of took it at face value and said, we got to do what we got to do and it's going to suck, but nobody knows anything, right? We don't know anything about this virus and, and even the smartest among us, um, you know, our physicians and our researchers and, and, our, and the folks that advise our elected leaders, even the smartest among us don't know much. So uh, we entered into various forms of lockdown, if you will, and restricted movement and restricted gathering and all that stuff. And, and that's all history that you guys know. What I'm worried about now is as we enter, I mean, we're in the throes of summer 2021. We're a couple of weeks away from school starting in most of the districts around us where we are. Um, I'm sure where you are, if, if school's not starting you know, this month, it's starting next month. Um, at the university, they're expecting all students back on campus, but instructors had the freedom to go virtual with their classes. 
the city school systems are all at various stages of planning and not all of them have made a decision. In fact, I don't think, I think only one in our area of, uh, I don't know how many districts, but it's a, it's a bunch. It's probably more than 10 individual school districts. Um, most of those have not made a decision or at least announced a decision on what they're going to do in person, virtual staggered schedules, masks, sanitation mechanisms, requirements, all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm just, I guess really what you're listening to is me thinking aloud about all the issues and the situation that we find ourselves in now with this Delta variant. And I don't know, certainly I don't know what will come of it, but I do worry that um, we're running headlong into um, 2020 part two, if we don't take a step back and evaluate what we did in 2020 to really parse out what worked and what didn't, what was necessary and what was simply our best guess at the time. Um, and that, that last comment is not an editorial per se on what we did last year. It is simply that we did a lot of things that, you know, many people have either not experienced or, or, well, many people had not experienced. And so if, if we are leaders in our own right, leaders in our communities, um, then we place learning um, at a high priority at a high premium, we probably need to ask some serious questions before we launch into another set of countermeasures. Uh, to that end, I think uh, I'm going to share with you something else that COVID-19 has given me. This is part five to what has COVID-19 given me. As I do this mini-series, like I do every week or like I have the past month or so doing this, I challenge you to ask and answer this question, what has COVID-19 given you? What has this pandemic environment and the environment we created through the countermeasures and the restrictions and all the things we attempted to do, what has this environment given you for the better? Certainly, many of us out there have experienced COVID-19 and its adverse effects. Families have lost loved ones to death. Families have seen loved ones debilitated with illness, even if, if the, even if they did not pass, they're suffering from serious complications now. Many more were sick, some hospitalized, released, but are still nervous about what could come in the future. Can they contract the virus again? What are the longstanding health implications of the virus, right? And that's, that's just unique to individuals who contract the virus to say nothing of the, the millions affected through their work, through their schools, through their communities by, um, you know, enforced separation, staying home for long periods of time, working from home, working remote. And, and so, as I've said every single week doing this, this miniseries is not intended. It's not built. It's not designed. I'm not coming to you with the intent to downplay any of those struggles or any of those, of those challenges, but it is increasingly critical. I think as each day goes by, especially now that we're, that we're trying to deal with this Delta variant as each day goes by, it's, in, it's incredibly important for us to evaluate what positives came out of the COVID-19 pandemic, at least the first stage of it, if you will, in 2020 leading into spring 2021. What did we get out of it that's positive? What can we leverage? What experiences can we leverage to create a better response to the Delta variant and to hasten 
the country's and the world's recovery from COVID-19 writ large, right? So I think there's probably merit to the argument that says COVID-19 is here to stay. It might very well turn into an annual um, an annual affliction, an annual vaccination, an annual effort, much like influenza has. Regardless of that, and I'm not a public health expert, I'm not a physician, I'm not a biologist, uh, epidemiologist, researcher, nothing like that. Regardless of whether that's true, we know pandemics come over time. We know we will deal with this kind of thing again in the future, regardless of far away that is. And so um, considering what we can leverage out of this experience for the better so that we are more resilient in the future, uh, especially in the face of these types of things, I think is, it's huge. So what did COVID-19 give me? Part five today. Um, COVID-19 defined for me what working from home really means. And just today, in fact, you know, I'm, I, uh, I run two different businesses and I'm working on a couple of different long-term professional projects aside from that. And I have a lot going on and I, and I love to be busy. And as my wife, as Maggie pointed out to me this morning, I, I do better with a little bit of stress um, but there's, of course, a fine line between um, stress that induces positive energy and uh, physical and mental energy to get things done and a, an amount of stress that passes the tipping point and shuts you down. And I've experienced both types and both amounts. Nevertheless, um, I take on a lot of different things. And so... Um, you know, last week I was in a, in a pretty long training program delivered virtually. This week my schedule's back to my own and I have the freedom to work in and out of the office as I need to. Uh, and part of my job too is, is to meet with people and talk with people across town. I talk on the phone a lot. I spend a lot of time communicating online and through social media as well. So, you know, working remote or working from home, working from home isn't necessarily working from home. It is simply not working at work. And I, and I think what we have, you know, the folks that argue against working from home or that say we're losing too much in productivity, creativity, serendipity by not bringing everyone back into the office. I, I think it's when we set up these dichotomies, we always fail to see all of the nuance that's in between, right? That the choice is not simply everybody in the office so that we can generate all sorts of awesome ideas. Because the truth is when we had people in the office by the hundreds of thousands before the pandemic, you know, corporate lethargy was a real thing, right? People would work for big companies and, you know, the, the movie is however many decades old, 20 years probably, office space is still the poster child for life in a corporate environment, it seems, for a lot of people. I know it was even sometimes in the military environment, it can be, right? Um, and so COVID-19 forced everyone to redefine what their job looked like for the most part, retail, restaurants, service industries that are customer-facing and client-facing. Um, many of those industries are what they are because of the physical presence, right? A, a hotel is what it is because you're physically present and it's a service provided to people staying in a particular area. And there are countless businesses like that, small and large, that were adversely affected by the pandemic. But for so many thousands more, 
that are client facing, but that are focused on teaching, training, conversations, coaching, like um, my really both of my businesses, uh, coaching, consulting, um, any type of service oriented business or, or even design businesses that are able to do a lot of their work remotely or that don't have to meet in the office all the time that can make use of electronics or electronic technology, right? We can email designs back and forth. We're using software anyway. We're not drafting on paper necessarily, you know, for so many of us in that type of space who could adapt, we did right before the pandemic. The image of my business in my own head was meeting with clients face-to-face in person at their place of work um, or going out to a meal, meeting for coffee on a weekly basis, right? Talking them through the problems they have. And, and in truth, as a, as a coach, in my case, for consultants and folks alike, you know, while travel, in, in our mind, the choice was you're doing a lot of travel or perhaps your market is restricted to your to your city or town where you're from. Of course, looking back, we know that neither of those, that's also a false dichotomy. You can travel as much as you see fit. You can stay localized as much as you see fit. But the truth is you can still get immense amounts of value working with professionals across the virtual space. It doesn't replace in-person interaction, but it's a pretty, a pretty damn good proxy for it. Um, because even without a pandemic, right, cost is always a factor. So for me, if I have a client in San Francisco and I'm in Ohio, uh, my traveling to the client, while I had a program originally designed that included um, personal observation time and meetings in person, and I would like to bring that type of thing back in the future, while I had a program like that, the reality is it's a significant cost. Not just for me as the business owner, but it's a cost for the client as well because now they have to account for having me in their space, right? And making that time. Whereas in truth, much of the work that coaches do and much of the work we do in, in development, in teaching and training, working with individual leaders, it's all about the conversations we're having. And it's really about asking key questions. Well, I don't need to be sitting in front of you asking key questions. Okay, so on the one hand, we learned from the pandemic that working from home isn't simply a euphemism for being lazy and skipping work. It it is, in fact, a viable option for a variety of reasons. And there should be no assumption that just because you're working from home, now you're not being effective at what you do. The part that I missed, and I think the part that we all miss, at least those of us who have this debate about into the office or not, is that having the flexibility not to go into the office is what I think matters. And that's what I think we should be talking about. Not that I have the flexibility to work from home. I can work from home when I choose to, but I'll tell you, I spent half the day today working out of a coffee shop and my car, either on the phone, messaging with different people. Uh, I sent a few emails back and forth, right? I've, I had a, a call on zoom today, midday after lunch. Um, if I have the technology to work from home, I have the technology to work from anywhere. And while I might be missing out on interacting with my colleagues in the office, I still had a couple of great ideas, at least great to me, come to me because I was interacting with 
people of all stripes this morning outside. I went to the coffee shop and I was there for a couple of hours. I stopped by Office Max, I had to grab something, had lunch at home, talked to the neighbors about something that was happening on the block. And so the, the serendipity and, the, and the, all the possibility we talk about interacting with people at the office, that is equally possible if you just expose yourself to other people during the day. Right. And we don't have to be scared of that. We don't have to be scared of losing productivity because during the pandemic, we learned we can be productive, not working in the office. And so then the counter as well, it's significant. It can be a significant hit to your mental health if you're isolated, working alone all the time at home. And I agree. I absolutely agree. Spending day after day working from home, even though Maggie and I were doing it together next to each other, was still mentally draining. It was tough. And it was tough for, thousands upon thousands of people, millions of people, really. But I can tell you today, you know, I started out kind of tired. Um, kids were up late and a couple woke up a couple times overnight. And, you know, that is what it is. That's, that's having small children. But I'll tell you, after taking them to daycare, getting my workout in and hitting the coffee shop, it was a gorgeous day mid sixties. And I got a lot of work done in a short period of time, even in a coffee shop that got pretty busy because I know that that space, that setup, that timing works for me. And I got a lot done and a lot more done, frankly, than I think I would have sitting in my office. Not because my office is not nice, not because the people I work with aren't great, but because I know myself and I know the kind of spaces that I work best in and the timing of the day that I work best in. I know the timing of the day when I can focus the best, when I'm the most creative, um, when I'm driven the most to do the administrative or analytical tasks behind my work. So what COVID-19 gave me wasn't just the flexibility to work from home because it had to happen. It gave me the flexibility and the presence of mind to understand where can I get work done? And it's not even, it's not about working from home. It's about working where you work best and when you work best. So hopefully this gives you something to think about. That's, that's my goal with all of these episodes, right? Whether I'm talking to a guest, whether I'm talking direct to you, whether it's a Monday morning meditation or whether it's this COVID-19 mini series. And I know this one, even looking back right now, it kind of felt all over the place, but here's the thing I would, I would challenge you with, right? Ask yourself, ask a family member too, what did COVID-19 give you? What positive impact, what positive influence did COVID-19 provide for you? What lessons did you learn because of COVID-19, because of the pandemic, because of our response to it in 2020 and 21? And what of that can you leverage moving in to this scenario with the Delta variant? Right, COVID-19 hit us when we were still um, coming out of wintertime into the spring Weather might not have been conducive to working outside. This time, if you find yourself working in an environment or working in a locality where they're starting to restrict movement again or you're putting on masks and it's becoming difficult to go into work and you don't want to work from home again, go outside. Go to a coffee shop that has a patio or a restaurant, a bar and grill that has a patio Take your computer, take your camp, webcam, take your whatever it is that you need to get your stuff done and go work outside. 
go find a park, you know, and take advantage of the weather. Uh, and I know if, if you're in the Southern US, especially, right, I know it's hot and it's humid and it's tough, but 6 a.m., 7 a.m. might be the best time, right? It's cool. It's humid, but it's not that hot yet. Sun's not, hasn't been heating up the air all morning. I don't know. Just an idea. I will tell you for me, um, my goal this time around, particularly if we slow the world down again, is to still get out of the house and to get away from the standard configuration, right? I won't just be concerned about the office. I won't just be concerned about working from home. I will be concerned primarily with the when and the where do I do my best work? When and where do I show up the best for clients? Both my businesses are client facing. I am here at the end of the day to walk alongside you as an individual to help you come up with the answers that will help build your dreams so that you can live your future on your terms. That's at the end of the day what I do across the board with all the work I do. The theme is the same. But you don't need me in an office. You don't need me in my house. You don't really need me anywhere except mentally speaking right next to you. That's me. Everyone's job is different. Everyone's situation is different. And not everyone has uh, the blessing of the freedom that I have to work where I want to and need to and can. But if you think that's you, that you don't have the freedom to it, at least ask yourself again. Interrogate that assumption again and be sure of it. Because I think for a lot of us, there are true limitations and then there are what we assume are limitations. And those are two very different things. I could launch into another 15 minutes, 20 minutes plus about that, but I'm going to save that for a future episode. Monday, August 2nd, 2021. It's August. The year has flown by, at least for us, in spite of everything going on, or perhaps because of everything going on. The year has is flying by from our perspective. We're over the mid-year hump. We're racing toward Christmas time in 2022. There's plenty of life to live. It's a beautiful, gorgeous, sunny day in central Ohio. I hope it's beautiful wherever you are, even if it's raining, even if it's hailing, even if it's hot and humid. It's a beautiful day because you're awake and alive and you can enjoy it. Find something to be grateful for. Take a breath of fresh air today. Go hug a loved one. Shake the hand of a friend of yours or bump elbows with a friend of yours and let them know how important they are to you. Let them know how impactful they have been in your life and let them know how much impact you'd like to make with them and then go do that go make that impact go lead your communities go serve in the best way you can that's true to yourself if you find value in this show i'm grateful for you to share it or that you would share it with at least one person that you know Email me any questions, comments, feedback, requests. Ask at the last question dot blog. Get out there, have a great week, and lead well.